If this is your first episode of The Upside, welcome. If you've been here before, welcome back. Today is Wednesday, April 19th. My name is Jeff Dollar, and today I am grateful for the flexibility that both of us working for ourselves allows in recording this show. My name is Callie Dollar, and I am grateful that every day is a new day. I woke up today, and you know what? I'm feeling I have gone from sad mode to fight mode. Oh, really? Which you have been like really excited about me getting into like fight mode instead of like, oh my gosh, what was me? Maybe taking too many naps, maybe letting the depression creep in a little bit. And this morning I woke up and I was like, you know what? It is on game on game on. So I don't know what happened overnight. Maybe it's that I got up with my alarm clock. I, I will take that. I'll take that win. Um, and I have been setting my alarm later. So. Which you also said to do. Like I said it again this morning for 8 a.m. And it's later than I want. I'm going to start budging it earlier, but I feel really well rested when I wait. And I think the old habit, and I think a lot of people have this habit is, oh, I have to wake up at a certain time because I have to, I have to work out in the morning. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't have to, like I could do it on my lunch break, which yeah. is what I'm going to do probably today. Yeah. Um, so I'm just like tweaking, rearranging things. I don't know, but I feel energized. I feel today. I feel good. So I'm grateful that there's always a new day. And that's the thing, no matter how bad things get, there's always like a fresh start. I made an assumption as long as we're talking about our weekly challenges for each other or our challenge for each other this week, I made an assumption yesterday that ended up costing me an hour and a half of time, hour and 15 minutes okay. of time. My assumption was that anything in a jar or packaged has a lot of stuff in it. Not true. And so last night we were making pasta for dinner. And uh, I guess it was two nights ago. It was Monday night. We were making pasta for dinner. And I knew we had jarred sauce in the uh, pantry, but I just assumed that pasta sauce just had a lot of stuff in it. So I decided to make, I wanted a pasta with a protein in the sauce. So I just decided to make a sauce by hand. And it just, I got tricked by the recipe and the recipe was on that freaking delish website that I had to pay for access to. No, I thought we learned our lesson about that. I I bought a year subscription. Oh, this is an old one. Okay. You're not buying another subscription. Yes. It was, I think it was in the holidays where I was following a recipe on delish.com on the website and they let you look at it twice and then they put it behind a paywall. Mm -hmm. So I had already purchased the groceries for it. Right. I had already started the prep work and then I went to open it again and it said, sorry, you've reached your limit. You got to pay $19.99 for a year's worth of access. So any who it, it said it was a 20 minute sauce. It's a 20 minute sauce after you do all the prep. Mm-hmm. So I got burned by that. So it's that. like an hour long sauce. Yeah. It came out really great. And it was a pasta. It was like an angel hair pasta with chicken and peppers, kind of a scampy-ish sauce, but less cream, much healthier. And Callie whips out the jar of sauce, three ingredients, tomatoes, salt, pepper, olive oil, four. Tomatoes Five, oregano. And oregano. It's Rouse. It's the best ever. And yeah, it's, 
it's weird once you start looking at labels, what has a bunch of junk in it and what doesn't. And sometimes it's like the opposite of what you think. Yeah. So it's, it's a weird discovery thing, but yeah, Rouse is great. There's like six ingredients. It's super fresh. I would, I could, um, no, they were probably on, I mean, I could tell you everything that went into the, the scampi sauce was a whole ingredient. There's nothing weird in there, but I, I, there are definitely fewer ingredients in the rouse. Yeah. Which by the way, always on sale at Costco. And I always walk by it and think who would ever, cause you have to buy it. I think in a two pack or a four pack of these enormous jars. And I always think who would buy this much sauce unless you have a restaurant 100 per, I per, I started buying it last year. Go through all of it. Yeah. Because if you have it in those. And it lasts it. a while. Yeah. Like jarred sauce lasts a while. I mean, oh, you did what you grateful for? Yeah, you did. Yeah, I did. Okay. I was going to say that I wanted to say something else about food that, okay, so I've been reading labels more carefully. And one thing that we haven't changed really is getting bagged salads. And I have decided that I'm done with bagged salads. And here's why. You know, I haven't had, I've had one since my little tummy incident. Yeah. Well, you got sick, right? Mm -hmm. And then I feel like at least once a month, I see a Listeria recall. Yes. And maybe it's not our particular bag, but it happens enough with the brands that we use that I feel like it's only a matter of time. And I used to see one of those like maybe once a year. Now it's a monthly thing and yeah. it's really starting to freak me out. And the other day when I was doing my walks or whatever, I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts ever. It's called Maintenance Phase. Have you ever listened to the show? I have on your recommendation. It, I haven't in a while, but I, I I like it a lot. It is so funny. And they basically do a ton of research and get really into the nitty gritty of debunking diet myths and things that are prevalent in nutrition culture. And they have an episode on, am I, am I did they start by, was their initial motivation of their podcast to address all of the fad diets and fad nutrition hacks that other influencers were posting? Yes. And it's really funny. It's still that. Okay. Um, but they did some deep diving like they did, like a Weight Watchers episode. They did, apparently, Ed McMahon had a diet book in the 90s. And it's really, really funny. But the, Ed McMahon. the guy who's one of the hosts, it's a guy and a girl. Um, and the guy, Michael Hobbs, is a journalist. So he is so good at the deep dive research. Yeah. And it's really interesting and they have great chemistry. So it's one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. And I was listening to uh, an episode they did about Daily Harvest. Yep. Now, do you remember... The Daily Harvest, like, scandal. I do, only because they are a huge, or they were, a huge podcast, podcast advertiser. advertiser. Yeah. And we never, and they hit us up a lot. Mm -hmm. And we never partnered with them because for a long time, we were partnered with a local company called Dinner Affair. Yeah. There was a, there was a meal kit uh Serve, but they were better. They're better. The local company to me was better than yeah. any of the national ones mm -hmm. because the food's coming from five miles away. Well, so, so just by luck, we turned down Daily Harvest so many times, and because we had another partner, and then they got what was there, was their food poisoned? Not poisoned, but they had an ingredient that was making people sick and putting people in the hospital oh for God. one of their ingredients. And which is a really serious thing, obviously. Yeah. And it was one, I mean, they have a ton of products. I actually really like 
um, the company and I like their, you know, their idea is super, super smart, but the maintenance phase, the reason that I was so grabbed by that episode is because it identified why bagged salads have a higher chance of getting you sick. And I wanted to play a couple of clips from them, um, on what they said on their show. I was going to recap it myself and I'm like, there's no way. Cause they're just too good. They're too smart. They're too smart. Okay. So here's the first one. What they've found in a lot of these outbreaks over the last 20 years is a lot of them begin with prepared vegetables. So in the early 2000s, as Americans, like we just said, want more convenient food, right? We want our fruit to be cut up. We want to get like vegetable platters, prepared foods. People are eating out more. Yep. It's increased our reliance on like pre-prepared foods and Mm. cutting vegetables and fruits often like exposes their flesh to the elements, right? You cut Mm -hmm. off the peel, one of the purposes of which is to protect it from infections, right? So we're, you know, we're buying those, you know, those are like trays at the grocery store of like cut up melons. Sure, sure, sure. Or like pre-chopped onion. Right. And especially those, those like bags of salad that you get, that'll be like the Caesar mix and it'll have like three kinds of lettuce and maybe a couple croutons and like like some sliced up, like I don't know, radishes in there, something couple like that. Couple croutons is right. Things are being cut up and like remixed and then put into these prepackaged servings. Mm. At the same time, the industry has also been concentrating. What he was saying makes so much sense as to why there's so many more. There are so many more opportunities when you're cutting up food for it to be contaminated. So sure. like in bagged salad, that makes sense because whatever they're putting it, like there's cheese, there's, you know, the salad there's. So you're doing all of these things that normally you would just say, okay, lettuce is just remaining as it is and being shipped off to wherever. And then that's it. And the other point they made is that we don't even know how many like if we're getting sick, maybe there wasn't a recall because one, no one called to talk about it. And two, we can't easily identify the sources of things because we're chopping up so much food. Here's a, here's even, another clip. Even the, what's interesting about what he said about the the flesh, you know, the peel yeah. protecting it. How does that make you feel about like when I make fajitas, I have now started buying the, as a matter of fact, we have half of a, a you know, you can buy the peppers yeah. and uh, the red and green peppers with onions all chopped up. And I have, last time we had fajitas, I had that, right? Mm-hmm. And I put half of it in the freezer and I use half of it for dinner. Should, yeah. should we stop doing that? I think we should. Because I feel, is, is that, mm, are the, I guess they're not chopped at the store. Some of them might be. I don't know. No, I have, I'm thinking in my head, it's a packet. There's a logo on it. Yeah. Okay. So here's the other concern with that. And here's another clip that I wanted to play. You also just have a scale that would have been totally unimaginable 50 years ago. So the the example I keep thinking of is it, 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 if you have you know water that is infected with salmonella. Sure. One of these processing plants washes a hundred apples with like salmonella infested water. And now you've got apples that have salmonella on them, right? 50 years ago, you would have sent these hundred apples to a grocery store or maybe to a restaurant, right? People would have started getting sick. You could trace the outbreak back to one store, right? And eventually to one farm and you could figure out what was going on. Whereas now, if you think about the same hundred apples, they get sent to some processing facility and they get sliced up. And three slices of each apple end up in a bag of salad Uh that ends up going to 500 grocery stores in 25 states. Yeah. So now you've got a thousand bags of potentially infected salads in all these different states where if people get sick, 
and they report their symptoms, which is pretty rare to begin with. But if you're reporting them, those go to state agencies. So you wouldn't necessarily know that the outbreak in Utah and the outbreak in Oregon are actually related to each other. And it's the same apples. So I was listening to this on my walk. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So that me I mean, and I think it's a really great point that even if our bag of salad wasn't recalled by the same brand that we have in the fridge. Yeah. It may be a part of that. And I feel like in order, I don't know if they address this at all, but I feel like in order for something to be recalled, they, it needs to be blatant. Right. And it needs to be multiple. They have to know for certain. They just recalled, they actually recalled a salad that we have in our fridge right now. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. The Fresh Express one. Yeah. With the Caesar, chopped Caesar one that we like so much. They just recall that. I don't think ours is part of the recall it's not, batch, but I'm still going to toss it. Yeah, I'm going to cho- toss it. And I think we're just done with that. I mean, it's not worth it. And especially like, I don't but know are, if so I'm where, lucky. Where do we draw the line? Fajita stuff. I I would say if we are not washing all of our vegetables really well, then we should be buying them whole. Sliced apples from, you know, those little bags of apples. Yeah, I wouldn't. Sometimes. I wouldn't do that. Really? Unless we're going to wash them. I mean, look, and here's- You can't wash a sliced apple, can you? You can. Why not? I don't know. You would just have to break them in the bag. And if you're sending them with Ellie for a school snack or whatever, it's easier, but it ups the risk. And I feel like you and I have to be particularly careful because as we're going into this fertility stuff and, you know, pregnant, I mean, that could really damage a baby. So it's not foolproof. Like- it, it's it's, it's so, not a given, but I feel like we should be paying more attention to it. It's so interesting to me about um, the whole, yeah, we've talked about this before. Just when you're talking about being pregnant, listeria is a big concern because it can actually damage. It doesn't just make you sick. It can damage the it can harm the baby growing. It can right. harm its development or even end its life. Mm-hmm. It just affects the fetus in a different way than it affects Us. mama. Yeah. So uh, it's just so interesting to me that they, that 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 lunch meat is out of the don't, don't eat. Do not eat any sliced turkey. But I can't tell you the last time that I heard. A turkey recall. I know, which is nuts because all I ate when I was pregnant with Ellie were veggie Veggie sandwiches sandwiches. of like a bunch of chopped up vegetables. And that is probably way worse. And because it exposes you to way more, you know. Yeah. Things. So anyways, we are done with bagged salads in our house. And I think we need to talk about being done with pre-chopped vegetables. I'm fine with that as long as um, you make that salad with the dressing that you make in the blender. Oh my gosh, it's so good. It's, I know you put strawberries on the salad and it's a some other crunchy cr- stuff. It's a strawberry crunch salad. Oh, it's, it's got like so candied good. pecans. It's yes. got strawberries. It's got feta cheese. It is delightful. But it's, it's the dressing. You could put the dressing on a rich cracker and I would eat it. So good. It's whatever. You make it in the blender, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. So good. Uh, okay. So I, I have... Before I tell you, did you say, before I even go down this road, have you seen the news story about the um, Toronto Blue Jays baseball player and what he called out uh, an airline for doing? I don't think so. Okay, perfect. So I'm going to give you this scenario. This guy's a a major league baseball player. His wife and his two kids were traveling to a game. Oh, yeah, I do know this. Did you read the article? I did read the article because... So you know what... 
where most people sided? I don't know where most people oh, sided, okay. but I know where I side because I have very strong opinions about it. The guy got out, the guy um, sent out a, a tweet or something on Instagram story, whatever, basically calling out United Airlines because his wife was traveling with a five-year-old and a two-year-old. She's also pregnant. I think she's five months or six months pregnant. And when they were getting off the plane, a flight attendant stopped them and asked her, said to her, uh, said to mom, hey, um, are you going to clean that up? And pointed to a bunch of popcorn on the floor of the airplane that fell when her kids were eating popcorn. So you always... I think I know where you're where you're going to fall because you are always so courteous at restaurants. I mean, you'll climb. I've seen I've you've climbed under a table before. I wiped the floors to, to get an onion ring that went sideways. Yes. So you feel like the flight attendant was correct to tell the mom to clean up her kids' mess. I have lots of feelings on this, very strong feelings. My number one is we've only heard one side of the story, right? So I think if knowing me and if I'm in a moment, we don't know, we only know what she said, her interpretation of what the flight attendant said, that if it's true, the way it was said was rude, right? Of like, you know, you're, it's, it's a, it's a flight hazard. It's like, I don't know that the flight attendant said that we're only hearing one side of the story. And by the way, these are celebrities. So they have like a bigger voice than whoever this United flight attendant is. Um, I, but I don't think the flight attendant knew who. No, no, no. But I'm just saying they have a bigger voice. So I feel like, you know, this is one of those things. Number two, I feel like if your kid makes a mess, you're responsible for figuring out how to clean it up. If you have two kids and you're pregnant and it's really hard, what I would have done is rang my flight attendant call button and said, I am really having a hard time like with these kids and by myself could you help me or watch the kids for a second while I pick up this popcorn to which a flight attendant probably would have said, Oh my gosh, let me get that popcorn. I'm happy to help, you know, admit and just saying, Hey, I'm having a really hard time with this getting up and leaving and acting like it didn't happen and leaving it a mess to me is so disrespectful. And my mom was a flight attendant forever. And the way that people treat them, I think is just unacceptable. And I don't think that it's acceptable for your kid to leave a mess and for you to walk away and act like it's just fine and assume that somebody else is going to pick it up. I have a little bit of a different take on it. Because he got, he posted that and at least the coverage I saw, he got railed. People were saying, you, what sort of entitled people are you? You should have cleaned it up. You're responsible for the the mess your kids made, et cetera, et cetera. I feel like we need to say this is Jesse James Decker's sister and her husband. Oh, is it? I uh-huh. didn't know that. Why yeah, do we have which, to say that? What difference does that make? Um, I may be a little biased because I don't, I find her very problematic. Who? Jesse James Decker. Oh. I'm not a fan of her. So this to me, I was like, oh my God. Uh, All right. So here's my thought on the thing. Um, Number one, yes, it was disrespectful. Not even disrespectful. It was rude to not acknowledge it. It was rude to not thank the flight, acknowledge the mess and and say thank you to the the flight attendant, apologize, say, I'm so sorry this happened, that there's popcorn. Two, I saw a picture of it. The popcorn is not... The popcorn was, it was not a popcorn disaster. There was some popcorn on the floor that 
young kids would spill. Number three, some of the popcorn was actually kind of in the zone of what would be considered somebody else's seat. So I don't think, I just don't think that's right to make her go into somebody else's seating area and pick up the popcorn. Here's another way to solve that. I also, I'm still, still, the defense hasn't rested yet. And finally, the popcorn was provided by the flight attendant. If you don't want a mess to be created, don't give toddlers popcorn, which I don't think you're supposed to give toddlers popcorn. But don't give toddlers popcorn. That you brought it on yourself. They didn't pull up on the airplane and pop open a bag of smart pop, right? Mm-hmm. They didn't do that. And, here, and what if it was, if it was, and I doubt that if it was, if there were not kids present, if it was just an adult person who spilled something on the floor and it fell and it was difficult to get to, I don't think the flight attendant would have said, I think she was child biased. I don't think so. That's I my, I, yeah, that's uh, the, now the defense rests. Okay. I would have probably waited until everybody got off the plane. Oh so my gosh. I would have. You've I, got two children with you. You're five months pregnant and you've no way. Yeah. You, well, and you know, I would have done that because no. it's so in my, yes, absolutely. I think it is so Fake rude. I think it's news. completely ridiculous. I also think that the stuff, I don't even think it's a kid problem because if you knew what flight attendants had to deal with on a daily basis, like it is not a discrimination against kids. It is. I mean, I was on, here's a story. I was on a flight with Whitney Houston once <laughs> and her family. And her family, she was literally blowing her nose and throwing the tissues from her gross nose into the aisle for other people to pick up. I think maybe, I'm not sure, she may have gotten kicked off the airline for a while for her behavior, but people do stuff like that all the time. And I would say kids do it maybe in a minority of the time and adults act worse. So I don't think it's picking on kids. You're blaming a two-year-old and a five-year-old for the actions of Whitney Houston 20 years ago. (laughs) I am. am. That's what you're doing. And you're being unrealistic thinking that if you were six months pregnant and you had a two-year-old and you had a five-year-old and you're on an airplane, you can tell them to sit patiently and quietly while the entire plane empties. I'm assuming they were in first class. So you're going to stand there in first class while the entire plane empties so that you can pick up a handful of popcorn that fell on the ground. Mm -hmm, Because that's who I am. No, you won't. Zero, zero. Disagree. You're just trying to make up for being labeled mean earlier this week. And you're treating a flight attendant better than you treat your own husband. (laughs) Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We all know this for sure, right? Drinking water is good for you. And sometimes it can be hard to drink water, 
because it's kind of boring, right? Okay, well, not with Liquid IV. Liquid IV is the category-winning hydration brand fueling your well-being, and the hydration multiplier is the one product you're missing in your daily routine. Now, I love the lemon lime. They also have a new flavor, strawberry lemonade, that is delicious. We just got that in the mail last week. It's so good, and we love it because one stick of Liquid IV throw it in 16 ounces of water and it hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone. Plus you can be proud of where your money is going because Liquid IV believes that equitable access to clean and abundant water is the foundation of a healthier world. Liquid IV partners with leading organizations for innovative solutions to help communities protect both their water and their futures. To date, Liquid IV has donated over 39 mil- million servings in 50 countries around the world. It's great for daily hydration. It's great before or after a workout. It's also great for when you've been out, maybe the night before, drink a little bit much, refresh yourself with Liquid IV. Grab your Liquid IV nationwide in bulk at Costco, or you can get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code UPSIDE at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code UPSIDE at liquidiv.com. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Two things that I have discovered lately that I am loving right now. One of them is pretty niche. One of them is niche. Niche? Niche. Niche. I think it's niche. It's not niche. I think it's niche. N-I-C-H-E? Niche. Mm. Two things that I'm loving right now. One of them only applies to a small segment of the population. (laughs) The other one I think is is much more mass appeal. Okay. Uh, Which one do you want first? I want the mass appeal. The mass appeal one is... If you are a level lover of fresh bagels, as I am, but you never buy them in quantity because they go bad in one minute, mm-hmm. you know? So sometimes on the weekends, there's a bagel shop near our house. It's so good. Sometimes on the weekends, before Callie gets up, Ellie and I will go over and we'll get bagels. But And I always am optimistic that this time they're going to stay fresh. So I buy, you know, instead of two, I get four. Mm -hmm. But even by lunch, stale, not as good. This is what I learned. Slice the bagels or have the bagel shop slice them. As soon as you get home, eat what you want. Put all the rest sliced in a Ziploc bag in the freezer. Then as you want them, just take out the half of a bagel and pop it in the toaster. The toaster thaws it and toasts it. So you and tried it's this. Perfect. Okay. Is it? Does it still so taste like a day one bagel? Like a day one bagel. Wow. Okay. Cause I thought for sure it was gonna be like a little freezer burny. No. Like when you said that, I was like, hmm, I, I had doubts, but I'm glad that it worked out. So good. And then the other thing that uh, I am loving is if you have to write emails. For I think this is primarily for salespeople, but if you have to write any sort of business communication and you need, and and you're not great, I've, my emails are always too long winded. Go figure. They're always too long. They're filled. They're they're not organized. I'm just not great at it. There is something called lavender, 
which I think it's 20 bucks a month, maybe 30 bucks a month. It's, it's, it's got a price to it, but every, it pops up suggestions as you're writing emails to make your emails more succinct and readable. Love it. And I, and it scores them. And you're trying to get as close to a hundred as you can. So, so it's like a little competition with yourself. Yes. And, it, but it, you learn along the way. Like I know right now that, that subject lines, normally my subject line is, uh, w- would you be interested in, in your podcast, upgrading your podcast, hosting, blah, 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 blah. That's not what you're supposed to write. You're supposed to write three words, your podcast hosting, mm-hmm. all caps mm-hmm. or the first letter, like. Yeah. T- title yeah, case. Yeah. But it's so great. So anyways, it's called Lavender and uh, I, I highly recommend it if you struggle writing business related emails. So cool. Here are your three random things for today. Your first random thing is the average American spends almost $3,000 a year on unused groceries. New research reveals that the average American spends it's about- all bananas. It's all bananas and sometimes bread. Uh, the average American spends $248 a week on groceries for their household and ends up throwing away about $63 worth of those groceries, which to me sounds way worse than the $3,000 over a year. $63 a week. Like that's a lot of money. Um, so anyway, something to think about and maybe, I don't know, more leftovers, more creative. I don't know. We got a problem with that too. Yeah. Uh, your second random thing is here are 13 fascinating things that you didn't know about animal crackers. I'm not going to give you all 13. I'm just going to give you a couple that I thought was interesting. Uh, and the reason, by the way, that this is has come up is because yesterday was Animal Cracker Day. Animal crackers are an American classic. They are, but they were actually invented in England. They're called <gasps> animal biscuits in the UK. They've been made since the 1800s and they became so popular in England. Bakers in America started experimenting with their own recipe. Um, the, it's not a brand name. Animal crackers is not a brand name. It's just a product. So anybody can use it. Uh, Nabisco was the first company to sell the crackers and they called them Barnum's Animals, which is based off the popular P.T. Barnum Mm-hmm. Circus. Mm-hmm. Uh, the string on the box was because they used to be a, can you guess? No. They used to be a holiday treat. So you would hang <gasps> boxes of animal crackers oh. on the Christmas tree. I wish they would bring that back. Now it's just a cute little string so that Tyler, well, they do bring it back because according to this, 8,000 miles of string used every year in animal cracker boxes. I can't find the ones with. I think the only ones that we know of with the string are the, um, the what, what's the one I just said? Barnum's Animals one. Yeah, but even then, like I think they transitioned a lot of the boxes I've seen to like a McDonald's Happy Meal box. You so know, like, like or it folds hole the, or something. Yeah, nobody wants that. Give us the string. Yeah. So uh, happy animal belated animal cracker day. Your third random thing for today By is. By the way, the, for the be, in my opinion, the best animal crackers, the ones that come in the big plastic thing shaped like a bear. No way. Yeah. And your third random thing for today is the boogeyman is actually a horror movie from the 1970s, which I did not know. Like, did your parents ever say, what are you scared of, the boogeyman? 
Uh, I don't know if my parents said it, but I just, I know that phrase. I thought it was like just a phrase or a thing or whatever. Apparently not. Um, Stephen King wrote a short story from 1973 called The Boogeyman, and they're remaking it into a movie. And I saw that and I was like, wait a minute. The Boogeyman, like we're not making the movie up based on just like random slang that we say. No, 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 no. 73. And I feel like anything Stephen King is like a little cheesy, but also really scary because the movie, the music is really good. Um, I watched the trailers. I was scared. I don't know who watches horror movies because I can't stand them. Definitely will not be uh, watching that, but it is set to release on June 2nd. If you are interested in watching the boogeyman and terrifying yourself. And those are your three random things. Thank you for listening to The Upside. Update. With Callie and Jeff. Most people learn about The Upside from their friends. Please tell everyone you know about this podcast so the amazing Upside community can continue to grow. I love this story out of Pennsylvania. A kid, teenager, was delivering a pizza. He's standing on the at the front door of somebody's house. He had just rung the bell. Here's a commotion behind him. Turns and looks. Uh, a car was being pulled over by the police, and the occupants got out and started running. It was a stolen car. Mm-hmm. So the, as soon as the car stopped, they got out and started running, and the cops started chasing him. So when they ran by the front door of the house, the pizza dude just stuck his foot out and tripped one of them. <laughs> Like old school. Home Alone style. Yes. Yes. Tripped the guy. The guy falls, stumbles enough that the cops are able to catch up with him. They tackle him. Uh, the, The homeowner comes to the door. The kid gets the money for the pizza and drops off the pizza. Never, nothing happened to the pizza. Didn't spill the pizza. Didn't knock it over. Give that guy a raise. Left. Um... But the uh, entire thing was caught on the customer's ring doorbell because it activated as soon as he rang the bell. So the entire incident is That's a great, really underrated underrated way. Like everybody's like, oh, you know, protect yourself with a gun. Protect yourself out by going old school and sticking your foot out. Right. Tripping people. And trip people. So many thoughts about the latest episodes. One, your house is clean. You're a clean people. It just might be disorderly. Two, Callie, I'm sorry that you came on this morning and were so upset and told everyone that you felt like a failure. And if anybody's been listening to your show over the last few years, you're nothing less than a failure. You are so much more. And you have done so many wonderful things. And you should be proud of yourself. And all those trolls, I... I don't even know. Just block them. I I don't know what to tell you. People are just pitiful. And the thing about the clothes, have y'all tried those downy beads? That really makes people's clothes smell with a lingering scent after they leave. Um, Love the show, guys. Y'all keep doing it. And I thank y'all for having a show called The Upside. I'm listening to Tuesday's show, and I just had to stop because I needed to talk to Kelly. So, Kelly, you are slaying it. This is exactly why I never, ever, ever, ever read the comments of anything. News posts, Facebook posts, like, I don't read comments because everybody has an opinion, and you know what they say about opinions. 
just know that you are slaying it. And if people are not listening or are whatever, that is completely contrary to what the upside is about anyway. So, you know, bye. Bye, Felicia. We are all imperfect, and that's what makes it so wonderful. Like, we're all perfect in our imperfections. And that's what makes us all unique and all different. So please, I know it's hard, but please try to shut out the naysayers because you have to do you, and you guys are doing great. So I hope that you can get some peace and rest in that. And, um, you know, we love you, and if people don't, then they can go elsewhere. Bye, guys. Love y'all. Callie and Jess, this is Stephanie from Woodstock. Yes. If someone was to come into my house right now, I would be embarrassed. I have a husband and two boys that could care less about being clean. So it's really their messes, and I refuse to clean them. So, yes, I would be embarrassed if somebody came in my house right now. They wouldn't. They could care less about it. But I would. Love the show. Thanks. Are we just going to ignore the fact that it's been over a week and no one's called in to tell Callie that she doesn't know how to say six of one, half dozen of the other? Callie Jeff, it is Steve from Apopka weighing in on the whether or not your house is presentable for guests. Yes, 98% of the time, Chateau Relaxo is all set for people to arrive. It's nice and clean. The challenge is the three dogs, the stubborn doodle, the Husky, and the meth lab. They are an absolute terror and mess. Whenever the doorbell rings or a leaf falls off a tree, or God forbid, Amazon and FedEx both come in the same day. And as far as childhood games, my go-to was always life. Love that game so much. Just wish I had small kids to still play it with. Keep up the good work. Bye. Hey, Callie and Jeff, it's Katie. I'm listening to today's episode Monday the 17th, which happens to be my birthday. So great timing on the topic of messy houses because Lord knows mine is a disaster. Um, I would be super embarrassed right now because my husband and I were having a drink last night and half of his beer spilt on our carpet and now my entire living room smells like a brewery even after I've carpet cleaned and stuff. So, um... Yeah, I would probably not want people walking in my house right now because they would think that I have a serious problem. So don't feel bad about it. It's just who we are as people. But have a great day. Bye, guys. Happiness is amazing. It's so amazing, it doesn't matter if it's yours or not. It's that lovely thing. A society grows great when old men plant trees, the shade of which they know they will never sit in. Good people do things for other people. That's it, the end.